what if on the on the hill there were just a lot of stumps? <laughs> there is and only one, one tree. tree. <laughs> one tree. I swear to God. You see John Sears late at night digging up the other trees. Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome back to It's My Birthday, and we are not in West Bev, but today we're going back to Tree Hill. That's right, we're going back to Tree Hill High School. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And normally this would be your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. But today, because it's my birthday, we're talking about season one, episode one of One Tree Hill, which technically takes place in 28405. Mary. What happened this week? I guess if I'm going to try to explain One Tree Hill, we have to start with John Sears. I mean, Dan Scott. So basically, he dated this girl, Karen, in high school, got her pregnant, and basically dipped to go to college or basketball or both. But then he met someone else and got her pregnant too and ended up moving back to his hometown, Tree Hill, with his wife. She drives that car and son, Nathan. Fast forward 17-ish years. And Dan's still in Tree Hill, selling cars. He has a brother named Keith who fixes cars and all his mistakes, apparently. Keith is close with Karen and her son, Lucas. But none of this matters to Dan Scott. There's only one important thing. Basketball. Or rather, his son being good at basketball. Oh, sorry. Only one of his sons being good at it. Just Nathan. <laughs> but let's talk about the other one real quick. Chad Michael Murray. When Lucas isn't bouncing a basketball on a bridge at night, or almost getting hit by a car, or reading Steinbeck for funsies, he's at the park winning basketball games with his friend Skills and some other kids who like to watch them play and make commentary. If he's not at any of those places, he might be fixing cars with Keith. If he's not doing that, he's at his mom Karen's Cafe, which is called Karen's Cafe. Also, he has a friend named Haley who works there. She's so cute, but all I can really tell from the pilot is that she's kind of like Lucas's goofy little sister. He teaches her about groups of various birds. <clears throat> Lucas might have a crush on Peyton. That's it. That's my segue. Peyton is just like the coolest girl in, this, in the whole entire early 2000s. She listens to punk rock, has a 24-hour webcam in her bedroom. She makes art, and she's a cheerleader because she can do everything. Also, I love her curly hair. All of this to say, she's way too good for Nathan, who literally shits on her feelings like 10 times in one episode. Nathan blows Peyton off after his basketball game to steal a bus, put a keg in it, and nearly crash it into a train. Also, he doesn't get in trouble because Dan Scott presumably knows people, who know that he might murder a guy if it means his son gets to be good at basketball. Seriously, Dan Scott is a real shitty guy. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, to be honest. All we know about Nathan so far is that he's a dick to Peyton, a dick to his teammates who got thrown off the basketball team because of that bus he stole and filled with beer, his little sidekick, sidekick I forgot his name, and Coach Durham, and Lucas. I'm sure I missed someone he was an asshole to. Also, he has his left nipple pierced, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> anyway, Nathan is definitely about to suffer some consequences of his own actions, in the sense that stealing that bus and getting several of his teammates kicked out of sports... Oh, I didn't finish writing that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but that matters. 
Because Keith, who also loves basketball, tells Coach Durham over drinks from a flask in a high school that when Lucas plays basketball, it's like poetry. Keith thinks it would be a shame for Lucas not to share his talent with the world. Coach Durham agrees. Now Lucas has an opportunity to play real basketball instead of just silly park basketball. But Dan Scott won't stand for that. He tells Nathan not to let Lucas join the team. The two boys settle on a bet. If Nathan wins a game against Lucas, Lucas can't join the team. If Lucas wins, Nathan has to quit. But Lucas says, fuck that. Stay on the team if I win, and I'll, I get to make you miserable for the rest of the season. The end. Oh, baby. <laughs> it's kind of wild to me that this whole episode is like, there's a basketball game. I and know. Yet, like. It works. I'm telling you, I, I can't even describe how simple the premise of this show is. Because if I tried to, it would come out sounding as complicated as it actually is. Like, there's too many moving parts and too many, like, relationships, like, that intertwine. But at the very core of it, this show is about brothers and basketball. And John Sears, which, like, oh, my – like, if Kelly had not said last season that John Sears went to high school with them, this could literally be John Sears. I know. Like, he grew – I totally believe that he grew up – well, we know he grew up. He's in college. <laughs> but that he transferred schools to UNC, which is where Dan Scott went. You'll find that out later. Well, maybe you won't. Because we aren't going past this episode. But <laughs> if you continue to watch this out, you'll find that out. And presumably, he had already met Karen at like in high school, got her pregnant, then transferred to USC, got Nathan's mom pregnant, and then moved back to Tree Hill, which is perhaps where he was from originally. So, and I totally believe and I totally buy that he would end up selling cars. Absolutely. Absolutely. John Sears screams shady car dealer totally my wife has that car <laughs> i'm glad you brought that back mary <laughs> it was my favorite line that he said honestly um not my favorite thing but that he did but we'll get there sweet i i think i really love when tv shows take like someone who was like oh yeah they were like super big in high school like they definitely peaked in high school and now they work at a car dealership. Right. Like, like that's a trope. It's happened. It, it Totally. I mean, and the fact that so many people from presumably the area stayed in the area or at least left and came back, right? Because, you know, from what we know, Whitey's been there a long ass time. Both Dan and Keith have stayed in Tree Hill and Karen, Karen's still there too. And then obviously the rest are the, the children, the offspring of these people, but we at least know, like, that's a good smattering of people already that, like, that's their hometown. Like, I can't imagine, I think we've talked about this a zillion times before, I can't imagine going back to Fayetteville. Like, I just can't. And, like, kind of doing the same path, I guess, that your parents took or, yeah, it would just be, it would just be weird. And to potentially run into people that you've known for, like, I don't know. And, yeah, like, that would be the weird thing because, you know, like, my parents' hometowns, are up north. Like, my mm -hmm. dad's from Michigan. My mom's from Illinois. So, like, technically my hometown is Georgia. But, like, yeah, I can't imagine, you know, my families in those places live there. 
They have lived there for their entire lives. They all live like very close. mm -mm. (laughs) Because yeah, you know shit like this happens in every hometown. Exactly. There's like freaking drama within the family, with neighboring or like old family friends, neighbors, like all that kind of stuff. I want to know what the other parents on this basketball team think of John Sears. Well, because oh, I will only call like, him John Sears. You mean actual John Sears or Dan Scott? Dan Scott, but like where okay. he's like standing on the court, like coaching his son, and then Whitey has to come in and be like, no, this is my team. And the other parents are like, bro, you haven't played basketball in 20 years. Yeah, I mean, you find out a little bit from the sidekick, which his name is Tim. Tim Smith. Very basic name. Um, (laughs) Total sidekick. You find out, like, a little bit about his mom. So there's a little bit there. Not obviously in this episode. But pretty much, like, outside of Karen and Keith, you don't really learn about, like, what the other parents, how they view Dan, except random people who don't matter. And yeah, like that's the thing. I don't expect them to do that kind of stuff, but I would just love to hear what other people think. Like I would love to hear what like some randoms Mm -hmm. at CU really think of Brandon Walsh. Oh, totally. Totally agree. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess we can like start at the beginning and go straight through since it's pretty much just the one story, right? Yep. So I did a very little amount of research because I know like – You've got it on lock. You don't need me for that. (laughs) Um, But this was created and written by Mark Schwann, who also wrote Whatever It Takes, Coach Carter, and The Perfect Score. And so, like, even not watching this in high school, I was like, this man shaped my high school life. He sure did. And he, yes, he's the creator of this show. He writes a bunch, directs a bunch, obviously. He's he's the Darren Star of, of One Tree Hill. It's really unfortunate because you learn, like, many years later that he's also a creep, as most, you know, we've learned to find, like, people in that era are. You learn from Sophia Bush, who I might add is a travesty that she's not in this pilot, Um, but she comes out and says some stuff. So does Hillary Burton, who plays Peyton. So does Joy Lenz, who plays um, Haley. How it just wasn't a great time to grow up in that atmosphere because they're not that far off from their actual ages. I think James Lafferty, who plays Nathan, he's the closest one. They nicknamed him. I know way too much about this. I'm already like down a rabbit hole, but they nicknamed him baby James because he was the baby of the group. He was, I believe 17 when the show started. So he was the closest to their actual age. Whereas everybody else was, I think 19 or older, but nobody was like, a Gabrielle Carteris. <laughs> yeah, no, I did look up a couple of the people's ages because the actress who plays Karen is 13 years older than Chad Michael Murray. And okay. I was like, I mean, if Chad Michael Murray is a little like older than Lucas, that mm-hmm. actually like really works out. Like that's actually pretty close. And yeah, it's not a bunch of 30 year olds and then like a 17 year old all playing the same age. Right, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, Lucas is. <laughs> dribbling a basketball across a bridge in a hoodie yep because of course he is hey man he's got to get to the river court that's what the little park that's the name of it he's got to get to the river court and that's his path yeah and like yeah there's this whole like back and forth between nathan playing in the gym and lucas playing in the park and it's like 
literally, it's just like bouncing off between them. It'll have the announcers in the gym. Then it'll go over to Minkus in the park and doing his <laughs> announcing. And what's great is his name is another N M name. It's Mouth. That's his nickname. Um, yeah, it's uh, his real name, which you would learn later in the show, is Marvin McFadden, which is just so many M's. But his name is Mouth. And yes, he did play Stuart Minkus on Boy Meets World. Yeah, I definitely had some problems. Like, I do not call Dan Scott Dan Scott once. <laughs> he is John Sears all the way through my notes. Minkus is Minkus. Yep. I think I called Lucas Lucas versus Chad Michael Murray because Chad Michael Murray just takes too long. Right. It's a very long name. I, I did CMM if I referenced him at all in my notes, which I did. And I have another fun fact if you're ready for it. I'm always ready for fun facts. All right. So we see, like like you said, in the parallels, we, we see these back and forth shots between, um, you know, Nathan warming up in the gym. Dan tells him to take 20 shots. And he's like, yeah, what if you say, Dad? And then, you know, now we're in the game. Nathan dunks, blah, blah, blah. You can tell he's actually shooting. So James Lafferty, he did play basketball for his varsity high school basketball team. So he was actually good at basketball. And that was one of the reasons he got the role was because he was good at basketball. Funny, Chad Michael Murray is trash at basketball. So most of the time, they have a double. Why would you spend that much effort for Chad Michael Murray? Because if you recall, 2003 was a major year for Chad Michael Murray. He was in Gilmore oh. Girls. He was in a Cinderella story. He was kind of Cinderella that like story. heartthrobby boy in the early 2000s. So he was like... He was in all the promos. He was like the featured guy. He was starring Chad Michael Murray. But yeah, he he would shoot some of it. But if it took more than a few takes, they'd bring in the double. And you notice, well, you don't, you probably don't notice, but in, in the one-on-one -on -one game later on, a lot of the like faraway shots that you see him and James Lafferty playing, that's his double. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean... I guess it'd be pretty convenient for like he always wears a hoodie. So if we need him like shooting threes in the park, he's just going to put the hoodie up and you'll never know. Yep. And like on the close up, like running fast, sprinting in the back, the, the infamous backboard bang shot or whatever. Double. It's brutal. <laughs> I hate it because as a basketball player, I hate it. I was like, why wouldn't you just get a guy that could play basketball <laughs> like James Lafferty? That's what like – I understand when, you know, you're trying to shop a pilot and you really want to get a big name attached to it to, like, you know, help keep the pilot going. But I also feel like the ta – like, you are saving time and money and effort by just having someone who's good at basketball. And then, not that they would have known this at the time, but they would have saved themselves a lot of just, like, heartburn with Chad Michael Murray in the future. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, the good news is, is later on, like – Huge spoilers, but Chad, Michael, or I guess we can call him Lucas. Lucas doesn't go the basketball route forever. That's not what he does. But Nathan, that is his passion forever. So I guess I kind of get out of it eventually. <laughs> I, I mean, you might even know this, but I wonder if, yeah, at some point they were just like, it's exhausting. He's so <laughs> bad at basketball. We need to just stop. Well, I will say there was a shot at the very end in the season finale of this season where, and this is actually pretty awesome, they 
it was gym full of people. They got all the extras in and it was like a big game. And nobody told the crowd what was going to happen. Like as the final shot, it came down to the final shot game, potential game winning shot. And nobody told them what was going to happen. So the reactions would be genuine. And they had Chad Michael Murray take the final shot. And I'm not going to tell you what happens, but the crowd, but the crowd reacts as like an actual reaction, which was really, really cool because it actually, it doesn't sound like a laugh track or not a laugh track, but you know, like a, a track, an audio track. It's legit. So I thought that was pretty cool. See, I do like stuff like that, mm-hmm. whether it's like on purpose or like just happenstance of like, oh my God, he actually made the shot this time or you know, right. whatever. Yep. So each take, like presumably they would do a couple takes and yeah, whatever happened, happened. That's very interesting. I like that. Forgive uh, me for this stupid joke. Oh, fuck my form. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Forgive me for this stupid joke, but waiting for Chad Michael Murray to be good at basketball is like waiting for rain in this drought. <laughs> what was it like pointless and what was the other pointing? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh no, that's not a stupid joke. That is great. <laughs> that's so perfect. Oh that my might, god. That might be my quote of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah. But I mean there's there's some good ones in here. Oh, there are. There's plenty. There's also there's also some really weird stuff because like you know, we see the basketball game in the gym and Nathan gets benched because he makes some comment about how they're winning. And I guess that's like not how Whitey expects his players to act, but then they start losing their lead. So he gets to go back in the game. And then I think this is after they win. It's when Peyton tells him not to bother showering tonight. (laughs) Ew. Ew. Don't get clean before you have sex with me. Like, ew. Yeah. He's just been working out for like an hour. I don't know. Hmm, maybe she likes his it. maybe she likes his musk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, teenagers do some weird ass shit. Like it's true. That's a stinky sweaty boy. <laughs> Ew. Well, and I will say, like, besides that, because obviously like Nathan is supposed to be like the popular guy, the jock, like whatever. He gets cheerleader girlfriend, all that good stuff. But also you see that he's definitely been raised by Dan Scott. Like he, I mean, just his attitude. Because like you said, when he was getting benched, he sits down and Whitey's like, I don't care if we're up by five or 50. I'm still a coach and this is still my team. And Nathan, being the jackass that he is, says, whatever you need to believe. So such, that's, you know that comes from Dan. Such a little shit bag. Mm-hmm. And I think I texted this or something, but I said, would you believe that Nathan is my favorite character? (laughs) Oh, you did text that because, I mean, like, that's what's always so interesting when you see pilots is, like, you know, I don't remember how many seasons the show goes on for, but, like, Nathan is clearly going to have growth. Like, he is going Mm -hmm. to change the character. Like, yeah, He, he has probably the best growth out of all the guys. And then, again, damn shame that Sophia Bush is not in this pilot, but she has the best growth out of all the girls. And, man, is she the best character on the show. She is the heart of that show. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, though, because he really is just a complete asshole in this whole – I mean, most of the first season. He's still an asshole a lot because 
you don't just turn that off, especially not after like 16 years of just beatdowns by John Sears, aka Dan Scott. So, but yeah, I, I did like the parallel kind of at the end of this game, right after the weird shower comment, where both Mouth and White, or the announcer in the gym say Scott for the game, just because I don't know, it's fun. It grabs you, it makes you want to keep watching the game because you see that there's going to be this like collision at some point of these two Scott brothers. Well, yeah, I mean, they keep doing these parallels like after the game too, because they have, you know, the kids on the bus with the keg, like driving all crazy and not paying attention. And you have, you know, Peyton trying to switch out her CD with dashboard confessional. And then there's the train coming and there's, uh, Lucas, you know, bouncing his basketball with his headphones in and all that kind of like, there are still those parallels all the way through this beginning. I don't even want, like, not a scene, but like mm-hmm. first act. Yeah, I mean, it it essentially is. That's what's so interesting about 90s, I guess, era television versus, I guess, early 2000s, is I feel like in the 90s, and maybe this also is because of the episode count too, but you almost had more time to kind of take it slow, right? You you could kind of, you didn't have to jam pack every episode with a whole lot of content. You could just kind of let it go as it does. But then in this, in Wintry Hill, it is fast. From the very first scene, it just jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, like back and forth the whole time, which I think we've definitely gotten used to. So then when we see these shows that are, are a little bit slower to build, we're like, wait a minute, this feels like it's almost harder to grab our attention, whereas this definitely does. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like it, it has this whole buildup. We end up like both drivers slam on their brakes. You find out that Peyton was the one who was about to hit Lucas and he like looks at her in her headlights and pulls his headphones out. And then Nathan was driving the bus and manages to stop it before hitting the train. But then the train goes past and that's when you see the cop car. Yep. So one's in trouble. The other just didn't get in an accident, but is weirdly broody and intrigued by Peyton Sawyer. Yeah, but I mean, then <laughs> we end up finding out that, like, Nathan doesn't get in trouble. Like, the cops are just like, you can go home. Good game, son. <laughs> yeah, Principal Turner comes out, reads the names of those not involved, and they include... Nathan, obviously, another guy that I didn't write down his name, but he's not a main character, Tim, and then also a guy that you see named Jake, who you'll see later in, in the um, season as well, but Jake Jagelski also is, like, one of the sweetest and best characters on this show. He's a sweet boy. He's got a great story, but also, fun fact, he was in The Perfect Score. Look at that. I actually, I meant to go back and watch, I think, at least – Two of those movies are on Amazon Prime right now. And I was like, I should just watch The Perfect Score. The fact that it somehow has, like, Chris Evans, ScarJo, and now, uh, which his name in real life, Jake Jagelski's real name, it is evading me right now. Brian Greenberg. There it is. Yeah, the fact that it, all three of them are there and then Mark Schwann. Like, they're all connected. It's all connected. I still can't believe that uh, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson, like, 
the career path that they both took and then just like both ended up in the marvel movies and like you know doing all this other stuff but i'm just like oh chris evans i remember when you were naked and covered in whipped cream yep don't we all (laughs) we really do but yeah, this is also where like Dan taunts Whitey some more and Whitey, but Whitey's just like, whatever, man, you suck. The inmates will not run the asylum. Like, I'm not going to let the kids like control whatever I do, you know, because Dan's all pissed because he wants Nathan to win the state championship. So he's like, what are you doing? Suspending these guys. And it's like, dude, like, I don't care what you think and just keeps moving. Yeah. So the principal says some of you parents may just see this as tomfoolery. And, like, yeah, all I could think of was, like, I mean, that's definitely what Dan Scott would think if his kid actually got in trouble. And, like, that's probably what he's thinking of, like, you know, them losing the supporting players. Mm -hmm. But it also felt very, like, of course this is North Carolina and, like, it's kind of got that southern thing of, like, I'm going to tell your daddy instead of, like, actually arresting you. Yeah, exactly. Like, very much, like, the, like – boys club that is like everyone's connected in that hometown and also to your point North Carolina like it is a basketball state so it's like that that'd be like football in Texas you know yeah no it's a lot of like boys will be boys yep but yeah so then we see Lucas back at the river court and skills my boys skills you see him and actually get to hear him speak and all that. I love Skills. Skills is one of the best characters. I'm going to say that about most of the characters, but <laughs> Skills really is. Um, he's just very, very consistent, and I love that about him. But um, he asked what Lucas has been reading lately, so you kind of get that, like, Dylan McKay-ish vibe, like the whole, you know, I always mess up the quote, the bad, mad. Mad, thing. bad, and dangerous to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of get that I got vibe. you. thank you because he reads a lot right so he's well read and he's reading um he is reading uh i literally just lost the name john he's reading john steinbeck yes thank you john stein the the winner of our discontent is that what he's reading or is he reading of mice and men i don't think he was reading you said i think the winner of our discontent yeah so yeah he's a reader our boy reads i it's it's very much like the dichotomy of the two brothers. Like this one steals a bus with a keg and makes <laughs> out with a girl drives distracted. And this one reads John Steinbeck. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you still have like, oh, but don't forget he's still a teenager because Peyton drives past and they're like, oh, do you know she gets naked on her webcam? Yeah, freaking. I think that's when Junk, he's one of the other dudes. He says like, I'm just saying what I heard. <laughs> Ugh. Such teenage boys and, like, very – I feel like that's very early 2000s of, like, oh, I yeah. heard she gets naked on her webcam. Definitely. But luckily, we then move over to Karen's Cafe, and we meet Karen, uh, who is Lucas's mom, and we love her. Fun fact, she was uh, in the – what is that ice skating movie? It was several of them. It's, some, it's, it's not a Blades pun. of Glory. No, but it is a pun of sorts. Ice uh, Princess? The, the Cutting Edge. The Cutting Edge. Yeah. She was in those and a whole host of other things. I mean, she had yeah, she has a very illustrious career as an actress before this. So that was also kind of the pool, right? So far you can tell the pools are Chad Michael Murray, um, uh, Paul Johansson, who's Dan Scott, and then 
Moira Kelly, I think is her name. I think that's right. So Karen here. And she is a sweetheart and she is the best parent on the show. That is a fact. I I mean, so far we've seen two and she's (laughs) number one. Yep. And, uh, And you also meet Haley, who is also great and I identified heavily with. She gets she's she's very um Amy Santiago vibe a little bit. Um but she's Lucas's best friend. She works at the cafe. So she's very close with Lucas and Karen. So my only problem with Haley is all the tripping. Oh, she's a klutz. It's like <laughs> That's just the thing, and it's such a weird trope, and it gets so overdone, and like, I mean, I've talked about this so many times. I'm reading Twilight. Everything is just like, and then I walked into a door, and everyone (laughs) thought I was adorable. (laughs) I mean, you're right. It's like weird because it becomes this like cute thing in a girl, and then morphs into like a Melissa McCarthy kind of character you know where it's like the dork like whereas you were adorable now suddenly you're a dork and yeah like I feel like if it was like physical comedy I could totally understand it but they're definitely going for like cute girl and then like when the birds happen later and she screams it's like oh she's just that's just Haley she's just a klutz and birds are attracted to her (laughs) literally Literally, literally, it's my only problem with her, though, because she just, like, pops up and is like, you're a perv and the world is starving. Here's a book I found for you, but I'm not in love with you. This isn't like Joey Loves Dawson. It's not. (laughs) And let me just reemphasize, it's not. (laughs) Like, I promise you, because if that did happen, no, I would vom all over the place. And, like, when they said that, I was wondering, I was like, are you just like making the reference because this was like a really popular show that just happened? Definitely. Like I I couldn't tell. I really yeah. couldn't. Well, I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong about this, but for some reason it stuck in my head. But one of the other EPs, I think his name is Joe Davola. I want to say he worked on Dawson's Creek, but I don't have that in front of me. So don't quote me on it. Um, but yeah, like you said, they find a book for him, a new book, Julius Caesar, which he acts like he's never heard of Julius Caesar, and that kind of alarmed me a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> it's fine. But it's great because the cafe kind of also doubles as like a classic coffee shop, like kind of library type-ish thing. So Karen's Cafe is the best. Oh, yeah. This place definitely looked like somewhere that I would want to spend my time. Yep. Well, I found – okay, I found Joe Davola. He did do Smallville. Okay. Well, and they're in Wilmington. Dawson's Creek was also filmed in Wilmington, so. Yeah, so there just could be, like, some references, and it's taking me too long to get through his IMDb page. Well, and also Dawson's was, like, huge, so. And it ended. Oh, so huge. I think right around that time. Yeah, it would have, because I think Dawson was six seasons and started in 98. That sounds right. Sounds right. I know it's six seasons. I'm, like, pretty sure about the 98. Yeah. And then – the next thing we see is another Scott gets introduced. There are too many Scots. And I don't remember if I texted you guys this or if I just said it to John. But while I was watching this on Hulu, uh, the Property Brothers, Drew and Jonathan Scott, <laughs> kept showing up in every single commercial break. And I was like, no, too many Scots. <laughs> I mean – there's so many Scots, and that's not even like the end of the Scots because you haven't met Nathan's mom. You haven't 
we don't know, like we, I know, but nobody else knows what happens in the future. So there's more Scots. Trust me. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of Scots and here's the other and sweet Keith, uh, uncle Keith, second best parent on the show. And he's not even a parent. Weirdly, I feel like parents named Keith, like, do well on shows. I don't know of another Keith. As a Veronica dad. Mars. Keith ah. Mars. Greatest Keith there has ever been, and I will fight you on that. That's fine. He probably is better because Keith, our Keith Scott here has his flaws that we don't know yet, but one of them includes drinking on school property. Ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. This is where... Lucas plays basketball. Keith wants Whitey to check him out. He kind of, you get a little bit of the history here that Lucas is Dan's quote unquote other son and that they never got married. Um, Dan and uh, Karen, almost said Dan and Keith, that would have been weird. But <laughs> he's like, why would you put him through this? Basically saying like, why would you want to subject Lucas to not only Nathan, but Dan? And then He's basically like, I, I mean, Lucas deserves to know that he's good. Um, basically that, you know, he plays in the river court all the time and he just needs to know that he's better than just pick up basketball. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then they go to the park to watch Lucas play, which I only wrote down because I was like, Keith and Coach, who have just been drinking from a flask, go to the park. They do. They watch. And then, yeah, that's where Keith says it's like watching poetry or reading poetry or whatever the equivalent verb subject agreement there is. But basically, Whitey loves it and eventually is going to ask Lucas, I guess, to talk about the open spot in the lineup. Yeah. But first, we have to go to Peyton's room where she is doing Photoshop, I wrote. Doing it. Yep. And then Nathan says her music is crap and we hate him. That's my <laughs> yeah. note for this scene. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Nathan, you got to think about the stereotypical jock. Like he does not listen to punk rock music. He listens to probably trap music. And yeah, he just straight up walks in, shits on her music, and then's like, hey, hang out with me. And Peyton's like, well, you and all the guys, right? And he's like, well, yeah, but also I'm there. And she's like, well, I don't want to hang out with you and the guys. And then he tries to like, I don't know, say like, Luca, I do want to hang out with you. And then he like, all of a sudden goes, he goes full Brandon on her. And it's just like, like, I don't have other options. Yes. I wrote that. I was like, he calls her a bitch and says he has other options. And then he goes, I got to do this thing for male bonding, but I want you there because it won't be fun otherwise. Yep. I was like, well, emotionally manipulative Nathan Scott. I see you're John Sears' son. I was about to say, or should I call him Nathan Sears? <laughs> oh my god i will get so confused <laughs> it's so true but i will get so confused oh yeah but yeah there's like obviously this kind of weird opposites i guess attract situation because they're not opposites in the sense that it's the jock and the cheerle cheerleader but you can definitely see like why the heck is peyton a cheerleader if she's moody and you know listens to her music in her closet and draws and all this stuff i mean don't get me wrong love peyton sawyer she is there's too many characters that I love in this show, but she is definitely one of them. But yeah, it's like, why, what do they even like about each other? It doesn't even seem like they'd vibe. Yeah. Well, and I feel like Peyton is kind of this character that is supposed to like, I guess, subvert the trope, I think is the word I want to use where it's like, you know, yeah, she could be a cheerleader who like listens to pop music and drives a 
pink Volkswagen bug and, you know, all she is is like bouncy and cheery and, you know, all that stuff. Or she can, you know, dabble in Photoshop and listen to punk music while having her super sad webcam on mm-hmm. and then also cheer because she likes basketball and cheerleading. Like she she has layers. She's very layered. Yeah. Peyton's definitely got the most like stuff to work through. Um, and she's not the main focus of the show, which is crazy that A they're going to give her. Yeah. They're going to give her all this crap to deal with and got to deal with these boys. Um, and so, yeah, the next day at school, they're, I guess, in study hall or the library or whatever, and this is where Whitey asks for Lucas, and they go to the gym. It, like, when they were all sitting in study hall and Lucas was in the same study hall as Nathan, I was like, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they go to the same school, but, like, you wouldn't put any sort of effort to, like, put your kid in a different school district or, like, a different school within the district. Right, right. Literally, like, even if it's a small town, you would think it would have at least two high schools. Yeah. Because, like, they make it very clear that Lucas is the other son. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, why would you put your kid through that when, like, he even says all these times of, like, I saw what it did to her, so I stopped doing the thing. She's like, my past is not your future. Like, they are so aware of this dynamic, yet he goes to the same school. And is in the same classes. Like, you would see that next episode. They're literally, like, Lucas sits behind Nathan, I think. So. <laughs> Not even alphabetical Lucas before Nathan? I don't think so. I'm pretty Rude. sure. Yeah, he sits behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, Luke, Coach asks for Lucas, takes him to the gym. They talk about this whole thing about how, like, this is church and then he offers Lucas a varsity spot. And my only question is, where's the JV team? It's got to be so bad that he's not even going to bother. It's like, you you don't even want to do that. Like, <laughs> trust me, just come up to varsity. It'll be fine. And like the JV guys are just like, yeah, we understand. Yeah. <laughs> We're not good. Right. Yeah. But also it could be a thing. I know I they're juniors here. So... It could have been that – I think they're junior – no, no, no. I think they do a weird um, Beverly Hills thing where they, like, repeat a year. No, I I actually did look this up, and I think it was, like, uh, each season for the first four is a semester. Huh. So, like, one year of school covers two seasons, I think it was. That would make more sense based on what yeah. I know happens. No, because I always looked at – because, like – shows love to start kids as juniors mm-hmm. and like okay that's great and all but you have just written yourself into a corner where they have to go to college right exactly it's and almost like, like they don't want them to be so young they can't deal with these like quote-unquote adult themes or whatever just make them well, old sophomores right i'm like have you seen degrassi yeah it's true yeah and like not to keep bringing it back to 90210, but 90210 had this problem over 10 years before this show had this problem. Totally. Learn your lesson. Just make them sophomores. Sophomores can play varsity basketball. Exactly. And that that was going to be my point is like, I think once you become a junior, you can no longer play on JV. It's either varsity or nothing. At least that's how it was at my school. That's partially why I quit. But like, yeah, so it's it could have been that situation where it's like Lucas can no longer 
qualified to play on JV, but also I like my theory better if they're just so bad that <laughs> they're like, we would be doing you a disservice. <laughs> no, I like that idea that like the JV team is just like, they're the ones off to the side who are just like, yeah, nobody likes the JV team. <laughs> I mean, it's true, especially at like a, a big school or not, not even a big school, but just like where basketball is like you live and die by it by high school basketball that's probably that's probably true but anyway lucas basically just tells whitey like you know he quit playing organized ball when he was younger blah 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 blah, blah. he declined he basically in a nutshell declines whitey's offer to play on the team and he's like um you know those people who are praying or are wasting their time god doesn't watch sports which i'm like dude god watches everything <laughs> Well, and I feel like if anybody heard him in a southern basketball town, mm-hmm. he'd be in so much trouble. Yep. Totally agree. How dare you, Lucas Scott? Yeah, but he like has this big mic drop moment of like, God doesn't watch sports, and then goes to tell his friends that Whitey wants him on the team, and like Skills is just like, no, you have to go play. You're better than us. I'm not going to be your excuse to not go do this. Ugh. Voice of reason, Skills Taylor. Mm. Love that guy. Big fan of skills. I like him. Love skills. But yeah, and so Lucas does eventually go home. Whitey apparently left a uniform for him on the doorstep, and he puts it on, and Karen sees it immediately and is like, take that off. (laughs) Yeah, and they have this whole dynamic. Like, I do think that, you know, this whole sequence is him, like, looking for excuses to get out of it while wanting to play Mm -hmm. because, like, Oh my gosh, when she sees him and he just turns around and is like, it's not mine. Yeah, it's not what it looks like. I think, oh, little boy. And then he, you know, comes outside, they're talking, she's like looking at photos. And then, yeah, makes this comment of like, my past is not your future. You should go play basketball. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a hard line to walk, right? Like, especially like you said, if this, I guess, quote unquote, family, not family is so intertwined and so involved then it's hard not to constantly see what's happening and and potentially see foreshadowing for things that you did or didn't do in your son. So, you know, it's big on Karen to be like, look, all right, you do you. I just don't want what I did to affect you or, like, be part of your life. Yeah. And then, you know, we get the other side of – this argument over at John Sears house where Nathan is benching and John Sears, like the weird aggro person that he is comes over and just like keeps putting weight on the bench and or weight on the bar until it's like too much and Nathan can't lift it. And then he's just like, get out of here and starts benching himself. I think aggro is probably the best word to describe Dan Scott. Aggro. Oh, like Absolutely. If you were to see him throughout this whole series, you would just con- – yep, aggro. That that sums it up. Yeah. And, like, you know, they make it very clear on this other side that Nathan knows who Lucas is. He knows this whole thing. And they have this, like, little back and forth where he's like, oh, your son? And John Sears says, don't call him that. Mm-hmm. We made a mistake. Yep. So we, again, like to your point earlier, Lucas is very much, quote unquote, the other son, and Dan doesn't even want want to acknowledge him. 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure at this point Nathan even makes a comment about how weird it is that they go to school together and everyone just – like I feel like all the adults are just like, too bad. Yeah, like it's not that weird. Get over it. <laughs> but it and is then, weird and Dan wants Nathan to basically get Lucas not to play. Yeah, and you know he later in I guess that day – he and his friend are hanging out at his house. I don't know who his friend was. Do you know who that Tim. was? Tim. Tim. Okay. Timmy. I'll, what I wrote down is Nathan's really uncomfortable, super early 2000s, also aggro thing of, I can get us to a state championship with three blind guys and a cripple. Which is basically what I have. Just, sir. Yeah. He's a jerk. You don't have to do that. Nah, he's but good. Like, he's good like, enough to like. He's trying to convince himself and everyone else that he is good enough to win on his own, but that he shouldn't have to. That's the, like he's doing the same like aggro thing of just like, yeah, I could do this if you just like you know one hand tied behind my back. But it's mm-hmm. not one hand tied behind my back. So he has to like you know make comments about other people. But whatever. Right. And then goes to the park where Lucas is shooting baskets and they just like start going back and forth and escalating so very quickly. You mean when it's like, what do I want? What do you want, man? I mean, other than yeah. my spot in the lineup and my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I was like, why are we talking about Peyton? Yeah. I mean, I guess throughout the episode, Lucas had been just like side-eyeing Peyton and kind of looking at her and kind of intrigued. And maybe I guess Nathan picked it up, picked up on it. I mean, I guess he did, but yeah, they didn't make it very clear to me. And I was like, oh, we're just, it's Peyton now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's the whole, like, if you win, I'll quit the team. If I win, you crawl back into your little hole and remember your place in all this. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, like, looking back, that is from Dan's, like, mind. It's th- it, Like, it's just, Nathan is basically a megaphone for Dan because that is something he would say. Oh, yeah. And probably has said to him. But yeah, and so thus we get kind of the, I guess, catalyst for this entire episode, right? It's the bet. Um, And it sets up, you know, this showdown between the Scott brothers. But before that, um, Lucas and Haley are walking down the street. And this is where Haley, like, gets attacked by the birds. And... She's like, I got attacked by a group of crows last week. And then this is where Lucas all of a sudden gets very, like, educational. And was like, it's a murder. And she's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, uh, a group of crows is a murder. And then he's like, you know, like, uh, and I even forget the other animals that he even says, but it's, they're all birds. And then he ends up saying, or like, um, Haley's like, well, what's a group of ravens? And he says, an unkindness, which... Remember that, folks. That is hella important to this entire series. Yeah, I know, right? Weird. (laughs) So my favorite part about this. So, like, I'm glad that you said that that's important because I was like, they wasted a lot of money on fucking birds to scare this girl to show that Lucas knows what groups of birds are called. Yep. And I feel like I think one of the folks that shouted us out on our Beverly Hills episodes will definitely know what I'm talking about. One day I will too. Oh, that means you're going to watch the show and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the plan. We're going to finish out Beverly Hills and 90210. 
Then we're going to watch 90210. Then we're going to watch <laughs> BH90210. And then in like seven years, we're going to pick back up on One Tree Hill Season 1, Episode 2. Wow. What a journey. <laughs> and then Riverdale because my birthday's next. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I just like – I want – when we start like doing all these things, I want to start releasing like a web of everyone because Chad Michael Murray – is in One Tree Hill and in Riverdale. Yep. Both of those have 90210 connections. That's right. It's mm-hmm. all connected. I'm telling it's you. It's all connected. Basically, like, Beverly Hills 90210 is the Kevin Bacon and the six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of situation. It really is. Like, it it is. There's, there's just nothing around it. Yep. But, yeah, so then, um, oh, gosh, just another iconic scene. Uh, Peyton's car breaks down. And you see, it's literally just on the side of the road. There's like a body of water right there. There's, it's like a nice little, little spot in town and her car broke, breaks down and Lucas, well, before like, okay, kind of jump around here, but her car breaks down. Then we jump over to Lucas, um, showing up at Keith's body, uh, auto body shop, which is where he works after school. Keith and Lucas kind of talk about basketball, talks about blah, 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 blah. Same old stuff we've kind of already heard, but then that's when, you know, he gets the call that Peyton's car broke down. So he goes to tow the car and it is officially the first of many great scenes between Hillary Burton and John Michael Murray. Um, he quotes no effects to her, which is hilarious because she's like, um, excuse me. <laughs> and you would think she would know what he was saying, but she didn't get it at first. Um, so, yeah, there. that's kind of the first little thing where it's like, all right, maybe Lucas gets her better than Nathan does. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely understand the, like, out of context, this guy who is towing your car just, like, starts talking to you and you're like, wait, why? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, because he's, like, talking to her and, like, you know, trying to do this thing and she's very clearly just, like, designed to be cool I was like her cool car broke down and she's in her cool Ramones shirt and she's got no FX stickers on her notebook that she's holding and then she pulls out her flip phone (laughs) and I got so nostalgic for the idea of like making a call and then being like okay bye and then just like flipping it closed yep just that little snap (laughs) like Ugh, I just like my hands just want to like go into the motion or even I, just like the flick of the wrist. So you don't like your, your flippy gets like grease or like so smooth enough that where you don't even have to do anything. <laughs> it just flips on its own. Oh my gosh. Takes me back. Like, right. Like I, I use my smartphone so much. Like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have this tiny little computer, but if this, like, if I could make this computer do the flip phone thing <laughs> and not like the ones that are coming out. They need to look yeah. like the old ones. Yep. Agree. I need the keys. I want my T9 back. Oh, T9. Boy, did we ever learn how to use that. <laughs> want to like be able to flip my phone open and closed when I'm nervous about something or waiting yes. in a waiting room. I want to be able to text under a table and I was, nobody notice. <laughs> I was just thinking about like how my letterman jacket had the perfect size pocket that i could flip my phone open text in it during class and then just pop it shut yep man (laughs) Uh, 
honestly, thank God I went to high school when flip phones existed and not smartphones because I don't know that I would have made it out of high school. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like this show entered my life at the most perfect time. It was 2003. I was 13 years old, seventh grade. Like this was peak not only nostalgia, but just like the music was right. The people I thought were cool was right. Like it was like everything vibed for me with this show. Cause I also, this was when my love with basketball was here. I was like, they're making a show about basketball. <laughs> I was so excited. And then you just freaking meet all these friends who you're friends with forever. And they're just the best. Yeah. And like, like I said, I think Peyton is designed to appeal to these like 13 to 15 year old girls because, you know, like she calls Nathan for a ride home. He doesn't want to leave the gym to pick her up. Lucas asked Peyton why she's a cheerleader and goes like, you're the least cheery person I know. And I was like, you don't even know her. And then just to, I don't even know. Yeah. There's another blah, 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 whatever scene. Then we get back to Peyton's car. Lucas realizes Nathan is not going to show up offers to give her a ride and Peyton just being the cool badass girl that we all love so much delivers perhaps the second most iconic line in this entire series first of all you don't know me and second of all you don't know me and I love her more than anything because number one what does that even mean <laughs> it doesn't she even matter she is an enigma wrapped inside of another enigma wrapped inside of a donut. What is oh God, what does he say? This well, it's a donut, a donut. And a smaller hole with another yeah. donut. <laughs> but no, you don't even know it, but you just started the qu a quote by Peyton Sawyer later, like season three or something like that, where she goes, well, I guess I'm just an enigma wrapped inside. I forget what the second thing is wrapped inside a bitch and uh -uh. it's amazing so you don't even know you know so first of all you know Peyton Sawyer <laughs> <laughs> right like I just want to be like excuse me Peyton yes I do I see you I know you I am you <laughs> oh my god and then like yeah they you know I guess start talking uh, because like Lucas tells Peyton about his dad and how he's so good at basketball. She's like, oh yeah, well I'm good at sex. And then it's a whole like, uh, <laughs> I'm a teenage boy. You said the word sex to me. My mm -hmm. entire brain just fell out of my butt. <laughs> but then he mentions how apparently kids used to make fun of him for his dad being Nathan's dad. Mm -hmm. And like children are cruel. Oh yeah. Children suck. Because, like, I totally believe that, like, that would be a thing that would happen. Yeah. And, like, yeah, people are being, you know, probably purposely being mean. But I also, like, kids don't realize exactly how mean they are and how much that, like, that kid is going to be thinking about that for the rest of his life. I mean, very clearly. Yeah. And they don't really understand the weight of it, right? Like, they just don't really – they know it's something bad, but they don't know how bad it is. And then the show is literally just like, oh, you don't know how bad this is? You don't understand how bad this is? We go back to Dan and Keith talking at the auto shop where Dan is like, well, Nathan has a real future, not like the other one. And then Dan basically says, like, I told Karen I would pay for the abortion as Lucas is walking in with the keys. Which, awful thing to say. 
awful thing to over much worse thing to overhear so yeah lucas immediately like hears that is angry throws the keys back at keith and storms out yeah and like literally he goes to the gym to challenge nathan to the one-on-one game like he is like driven about that because yeah it is one thing to know that like your parents didn't get together and like your dad doesn't want to be in your life. It is a whole other thing to learn that your dad didn't even want you to exist. Right. Exactly. And I mean, that comes back up later on, like basically how Dan, like he said, not just that he didn't choose him. It's that he didn't even want him to exist. And that does come back up, which is a good, not good storyline, but like good in the sense of it's, it furthers this kind of like disdain for Dan and the tension between Dan and Karen, like all this stuff. Um, and I guess, you know, Keith tells Karen, we assume we don't see it happen, but we assume Keith tells Karen what happens because presumably Lucas is upset. And then I'm just, I just have to say it because I love every character in this show. Karen's the best. She storms into the dealership And we all know, like, Dan and Karen probably haven't spoken to each other in a long time. She storms in, just fighting Matt, and says, and I think I could probably quote this line in my sleep. I didn't even write it down, but I know exactly what she says. She says, you have no right to think of him, not today or any other day of his life. How dare you? And I love Karen. She, ugh, I love when she, that's, that was exact, like, (sighs) I love her. See, it's appropriate, right? Because she is trying to take up for him, but not even just to say you're wrong, but to just be like, just stay out of his life. Like, don't even talk to him. Don't acknowledge him like you haven't been doing, you know, for the last 16 years. Just stay away. Yeah. I mean, that was literally the thing is like, you have stayed out of his life for 16 years. You don't get any sort of right to come back into it now, even if it's to mess his life up for the, you know, Nathan's life. Right. Exactly. And then, yeah, he, (laughs) speaking of Nathan, goes home where Nathan walks out of the shower and has his nipple pierced. (laughs) Because of course he does. Why wouldn't he? I couldn't look away. And then (laughs) John Sears is a sexist pig. And is basically just like, if I wanted a daughter, I'd adopt one. Or I guess that would be more homophobic. But Nathan says, what, so you could abandon her too? Sick burn, Nate. I like. I swear, I love so many times where, like, adults write these shows and it's like, Mm -hmm. teenagers are not this smart. Well, and nor would they, like, talk back to their parents like that without serious consequences. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Like, I have seen too many shows – where this relationship is physically abusive on top of emotionally abusive. And I was like in, I like had a panic moment, Mm -hmm. but then like uh, apparently John Sears has heard about the bet that Nathan would quit the team Mm -hmm. and tries to talk him out of playing this game. And it's like, we'll find another way, even though he basically told Nathan, like you need to handle this and you need to go humiliate him and make him drop out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Then, for some reason, was that Peyton walks out of the bathroom and is just like, "Hi," and I was like, <laughs> yeah. "No, let no." I think the challenge is like Nathan is supposed to be the rich kid, right? Like he's supposed to be the kid with no consequences because his parents are rich and he can just do whatever he wants. 
But I'm like, is that for real? Like, would shit like that really happen to 16-year-olds? Especially if you yourself, like, had a kid out of wedlock at 18 and then turned right around and got your college girlfriend pregnant three months later. Like, yeah. Which that's, by the way, that's the only, that's the age difference between Nathan and Lucas is three months. Yeah, and I was definitely wondering about it because I was just like, it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that an 18-year-old would get one girl pregnant and abandon her and then get another girl pregnant and be like, no, no, this one I'll keep because this one's in college. That's the one-track mind of Dan Scott is like, I'm an idiot, but I guess I won't be this big of an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But, like, I just – I refuse to see – at any point in my life that a teenage girl or boy would walk out of the bathroom in a towel in somebody else's house having clearly just been in there with their kid just like, hi, and walk away. No, Mm -hmm. absolutely not. I would have like locked myself in the bathroom and just been like, no one's in here. Yeah. Just like text me on my flip phone when your dad disappears. (laughs) Just absolutely not. No way in hell. Mm Mm-mm. But yeah, then we go back to Karen's, um, and they're putting away books, talking about Lucas playing Karen and Keith are. Um, it's all great because, like we said earlier, it's like a library, it's a cafe, it's all the pretty lights. But then you get the piece de resistance, and you go up to the roof. Like, I'm not, like, this This is my dream place. The roof has twinkle lights, and they talk about mini golf. Yeah. Haley literally, like, built a mini golf course on the top of the roof for her and Lucas to just play. Yeah, and, like, they have, like, a, you know, pretty serious heart-to-heart conversation about how he feels bad about challenging Nathan to this one-on-one because of what it's doing to his mom. But she built a twinkle light mini golf course. It's amazing. Like, who needs friends when you've got this? (laughs) Right? Like it is it's unreal. It is yep. literal it's unreal. And I'm still just like, but I want it. I know. But unfortunately, we can't spend a lot of time here. We do later in the season because it is time, kids. It is nearing midnight, and we've got Nathan and Lucas lacing up their shoes to Jets Are You Gonna Be My Girl playing. Yeah. And then when they drive up to the court, it's N-E-R-D. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling like, you, music is like the second most important thing in this show. Truly, I think I texted y'all that it's just like so refreshing to get to watch a show that has the original music. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah. It's like we actually get to hear the legit music and not have to wonder why this choice was what it was. <laughs> yeah. Not sit there and like pretend what's actually playing on. Because yeah, like even – you know, I'm watching back through Dawson's Creek and it doesn't have the original theme song and I just get like angry. Yeah. That is my like one complaint about this pilot is that you don't get to hear the iconic theme song that was Gavin DeGraw, which is so 2003. It's not even funny. It's so 2003. Like the other stuff, like it's pretty 2003, but like Gavin DeGraw. Yep. Peak 2003. But yeah, then we get uh, Mouth and Jimmy. They are commentating. And I'm telling you, like, Mouth, he's got a great announcer voice. He's like, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an historic night. Like, it's just, 
it's great. It's like they chose a perfect actor to like be a fake high school basketball commentary like person. Like, and I could have said commentator there, but you know, my brain didn't work. Mm-hmm. And but what's great is he actually does end up being the Tree Hill basketball announcer. So that's adorable. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Like that's really nice. Thanks. Did you hear her? I did. <laughs> but I didn't hear what she said. She said, that's really nice. Thanks. I was like, is someone's mom here? (laughs) I have no idea what I said to, like, set her off. Huh. Weird. I I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, they they explain the rules of how this is all going. There's, like, you know, lots of cheering, lots of scoring, lots of trash talk to each other of, like, I could do this all day. You'll never do that again. Blah, 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 blah. And then he gets towards the end of the game and Nathan elbows Lucas in the face. You like watch him kind of stumble away, spit blood, and then just be like, valid, point counts. Yep. Not even phased. I just have to point out another iconic song here. It's What It Is to Burn, I think by Finch is what it was called. But that was again like, that was like angry pop punk. Like it was like that kind of like borderline rock punk, I guess you could call it. Cause it's I had a that screamo y. Yeah. I was gonna say emo. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I had that CD. I remember that. I'm sure I still have it somewhere. But just again, the music everywhere is just wonderful. Yeah. And there, I think this is like right before the block. Yeah, mm-hmm. because he gets his the elbow into the face, and Lucas says, foul, "You know, basket counts, no foul. Don't worry, you won't score again." And Mancus, the wordsmith that he is, says, "Someday." Men will write stories about that block. Children will be named after it. Argentinian women will weep for it. He's so colorful. (laughs) He's so fun. He paints a great picture. I'm telling you, he's great. He really Um, does. Is he actually, like, talking to anyone? No, he's, like, recording it. (laughs) I don't know. I think I don't – I don't actually remember if in, in the pilot him and Jimmy have microphones or not. Or they're just, like, holding their fist up to their mouth. (laughs) I couldn't tell. I was like, I really don't know. Like, he definitely isn't, like, speaking it into something that is projecting it to the crowd. That's definitely not happening. But, yeah, I couldn't tell if he was just, like, talking into a brush or I kind of like the idea that he's recording it and, like, listening back later and being like, that was a good one. I'm going to write that down. You know what? I can tweak this. Like, very, like, improv-y, like, working on his five-minute set. It's like his portfolio. (laughs) <laughs> it's his reel so that he yeah. can go to ESPN later that's right but yeah so Lucas blocks the shots an iconic block um and then he ties it up because Nathan doesn't block his three-pointer or whatever and then he Nathan tries to get into his head right he says like you know he doesn't even think about you he doesn't talk about you you know blah 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 and then uh, Lucas just kind of has to be lame here and say, this is for my mom, which I like, okay, whatever, like do it for you, bro. But 
he does and promise I'll stop saying iconic but it, it just is what it is he does an iconic thing for the show and he what his move his basketball move here is is a fadeaway and I promise that becomes relevant later in the series just not now and he does a fadeaway and he wins he wins the game um Nathan is stunned he's like what the heck just happened and Lucas is like getting bombarded by people he probably doesn't even know and all this stuff yeah and you know Nathan tries to like storm off but Peyton doesn't go with him instead she has to go talk to Lucas who says you know the bet was that if I won Nathan has to stay on the team and then you just like see Nathan in the crowd being like Peyton come on (laughs) and then Lucas delivers another important important line to Peyton and he just says I'll be seeing you just if you guys knew the gravity of that line. So it's not because they go to the same school. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally just like his AIM sign off of like, bye. (laughs) Yeah, that's his BRB message. (laughs) And yeah, eventually everybody leaves. You find out John Sears stayed up to wait for his son to see what happens. And, you know, Nathan is this whole like, you know, I'm still on the team whatever Karen stays up for Lucas and then we see that Peyton's webcam is named punk and disorderly and fun fact that used to be an active uh URL that you could go to and it would just be a a looped like webcam of Peyton and there are links you could click on you could see her art like it was actually quite great (laughs) god I love it when shows do that I know right like also very 2000s of like putting a like phone number on the screen and making it a real thing putting a url on the screen and making it a real thing yeah it was awesome i was like oh my god this is a real website and it was but is that one that you had to like find out yourself or somebody told you like you saw it on like uh, i don't remember i think i may have just tried it like just tried to type in pumpkindisorderly.com or whatever it was because it says it at the top of the screen and it just worked something else iconic was that or not iconic but it just happens a lot in the show is you get lucas's first voiceover or chad michael murray's first voiceover and he does a quote from julius caesar it's one that karen quoted in the in the um scene earlier which is that there's a tide in the affairs of men or something like that and so Lucas repeats it and then just kind of talks through. And, and yeah, so basically every episode, I think, from this point forward, with the exception of seasons seven, eight, and nine, I think maybe, have a voiceover. And almost all of them are by Lucas. At least one's by Nathan. And maybe one by Brooke, who you've not met, which is Sophia Bush. But yeah, so voiceovers, music, and basketball. Those are like the biggest themes in this show. And, well, and brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So I told this to Mary, and I don't think this will mean like much of anything, if anything at all, to you, but it will one day when you see Riverdale. All I could think of through this whole episode is there is an episode of Riverdale where Archie gets sent to Juvie. And. <laughs> oh my God. 
he's out in the yard with the other guys. And one of the guys is like, I had to drop out of school in the fourth grade to run drugs so I could support my grandma. And Archie Andrews responds with, that means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. Oh, my God. (laughs) And this whole time, I was just thinking, like, Whitey's going to say it. He's going to say it. That would have been very on brand for this show. I will say that. (laughs) The whole time. Like, I, I texted the screenshot of it to Barry, and I was like, all I could think of. It's so true, though. It's so true. It's so funny. But yeah, thus, the final scene, Lucas shows up to the gym to start practice, and Whitey's there, and Nathan's there, and Peyton's there, and they're all just like, oh, crap, I forgot we told you you could join the team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were serious about that? Yeah, exactly. JV's that way. (laughs) (laughs) My head's just like five really skinny, like tiny kids in the corner just like trying to dribble a ball. (laughs) Yeah. They said they had to let everybody play, so I'm over here. I thought Whitey was talking about varsity. He meant junior varsity. But yeah, that, ladies and gents, is my favorite show of all time, One Tree Hill. Yay. And you know what? I think I'll keep watching it. Oh, that just warms my heart. I mean, think about it. In terms of a pilot, it's a pretty strong pilot. It's a pretty solid pilot. You meet a lot of people. You get kind of a good setup as to... You know, it's not one of those where it's like, okay, well, episode two, do we really get into the what the show's about? No, no, no. It starts off right from the very beginning. This is about family dynamics. This is about basketball. And we get some really kick-ass music. Yeah, I'm definitely here for the music. Like, I cannot emphasize enough how happy I am that there is music on this show. Well, not to reveal a spoiler, but just to give you another reason to keep watching and why music is so good in this show – Let's just say that a character that you already like ends up running a nightclub, an all-ages nightclub, in Tree Hill, and gets actual bands to come to her club. That's another one of my favorite unrealistic (laughs) late 90s, early 2000s tropes, all-ages nightclubs. Well, that and that people have the, like, capability that I like, actually like have these big big jobs in high school yeah there's there's an all-ages nightclub in Buffy that they go to like in Buffy they do start as sophomores hmm. so she goes to the same nightclub from like 15 to 24 oh boy it's so unrealistic <laughs> the place looks so fun though oh I mean like I would definitely go there as I was younger, but I do Mm -hmm. think when I hit, like, 21, I would just be like, oh, it's weird that 16-year-olds and fully grown adults are here. Right, right. It's problematic for sure. But I will say, like, you get a good vibe from – I mean, like, it's a similar vibe to the Buffy All Ages Club in One Tree Hill. And, yeah, you get the likes of Gavin DeGraw, Jack's Mannequin, Fallout Boy (laughs) – And Tyler Hilton, who you probably aren't familiar with, but boy, oh boy, do I love me some Tyler Hilton because he plays one of the best characters on One Tree Hill. And I appreciate him more now than when I did when he was on the show when I was that age. 
but also he has played so many shows at Eddie's Attic and he is so good and boy do I love him but yeah so another reason to keep watching the show the music just gets better and better all right do you want to hear my paraphrases of the week yes (laughs) I I didn't write down any actual quotes (laughs) hit me where is this one specific student athlete the announcer at the basketball game where's Nathan Scott don't shower Peyton (laughs) Um, he should know he's good at sports Keith (laughs) I have a lot of Keith ones in here oh Keith is so great yeah I I wrote a lot of quotes down and like like a true favorite is Peyton's first of all you don't know me second of all you don't know me but I gotta like like true honorable mentions have to go to Nathan every time he talks shit to his dad. And it's just like, <laughs> if I wanted a girl, I, if I wanted a do- daughter, I would have adopted one. Why? So you could abandon her too? Yep. Like, bruh. I know. He's got so much angst. So much angst. <laughs> the way I wrote down this Luke and Peyton conversation, like, Luke's like, I know a no effect song. Peyton's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Accurate though, because she's like, the fuck? Yep, oh my you gosh. can read. <laughs> that, no, that's a really great read. What if he like quoted a, a song to her and she was just like, I don't care that you know them. Right. Because that's basically what she's like. Like, yeah, that's a popular brand. Cool. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know the band well enough to know this, but I would have loved to, like, if that was just, like, their most famous song at the time, and she was like, yeah, that's the chorus. That was the song playing in my car when I broke down. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> that's my ringtone. <laughs> Man, I go back and forth on quotes in this in this pilot, because some I hit nostalgia, some I hit funny, some I hit, like, I don't know. Man, there's so many. Yeah. And just ones that, like, I've seen this show and episodes so many times that I can just quote without even looking at it. Like, the Karen quote in the dealership. What do I want? What do you want, man? I mean, other than my girlfriend and my spot in the lineup. Like, I just know it. <laughs> well, they're all very, very good. Because this show, that's the other thing, too. This show does have good, like, quotable quotes. And there's a few episodes that I legit think I could probably quote the entire episode word for word. But I think I just have to pick, I don't know. I might have to go with the Karen quote just because it was, it was so, it was like one of Karen's only lines in the episode, but she delivers big time. Yeah. She really does make an impact for like being at best in this episode, a tertiary character. For sure. Yeah. And she's just so good at, like, the emotional stuff. She's like, you have no right to him, not today, not any other day of his life. How dare you? Like, oh, just the inflection so good. Anyway, I could go on. I shan't. <laughs> you shan't because we got to save it for more birthday episodes. Yes. Fully on board for that. Yeah. So, you know, bonus birthday episode. Next week we'll be back to our standard 90210 nonsense. Um, let us know what you thought about this. Do you watch One Tree Hill? Did you like it in the past? Did this influence you to go watch it now? Let us know at backtopodcast at gmail.com.
That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, leave us a review on our normally scheduled back to podcast just because I also just want to know if you want us to keep doing this, like just have these random episodes, birthday episodes, or just every once in a while, just throw one in there just for funsies because this was fun. And I know it was my show to kick it off, so I'm pretty biased, but (laughs) this is going to be great. It's going to be super fun. So yeah, just leave us a review. If you give us one, then we'll shout you out just as we normally do. Yeah. Um, And, you know, recommend other shows to us. Like we definitely have shows that we have picked out for our birthdays, but like, you know, sometimes we, as much as we love the cast of Dino 210, sometimes we just need a break from Brandon Walsh. Yeah. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> but not next week because we'll be talking about him again then. Yep. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm a nipple ring. I'm an unkindness of ravens. Um, I don't know if I told you the stupid joke, Caitlin, but um, when when they show what's his name's nipple ring, Nathan's nipple ring... I wrote in my notes, why is it a hoop? Oh, wait, because he plays <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yeah, you did. So I'm that joke. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See ya. <laughs>